This is your brother James, and this is the podcast Easy Sex is Not Clean and Clean Sex is Not Easy. So I'm going to start a new series titled If I Had a Son. And the main quote I'm going to use, I'm going to quote, you know, myself, you know, Holy Spirit inspired. It says, your whole life may not be seen by anyone but God. And that is all that matters. Because in the end, we will all be exposed for who and what we are. And it will be clear if we knew God was watching the whole time. That's what I would tell my son, right? Now, so everything I'm going to talk about is going to be recognizing that God is involved in every part of your life. As long, you know, we know if you know Jesus. Now, um, I'm going to start with a quick story. So there was a guy, right? He had, uh, he was the brother of Abraham. His name was Lot. He had the option to choose the promised land or go to Sodom and Gomorrah. He chose Sodom and Gomorrah. Turns out, you know, God's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham basically pleads to get Lot out of there, right? He doesn't want it to be destroyed. Lot ends up getting pulled out with him and his his wife and his two daughters, and the wife turns turns to the pillar of salt, right? And what happens is is there's a series of processes that get Lot into the situation he gets in, which is afterward. Afterward, after Sodom and Gomorrah are destroyed, and his wife turns to Saul, it's him and his two daughters, and they're stuck in a place called Zoar, um, which which is crazy. It's a place, it's it's uh, translated insignificant in Hebrew. And uh, his daughters end up having getting him drunk and having sex with him, thinking that they're not going, that there's nobody left on the earth, which is insane. But the point of the story is that what you choose to do will affect the next generation. So I title this, If I Had a Son, because it's very important when we're dealing with the idea of sex and things in our life that we don't think are related, they will affect the next generation. That's the point of the story. And God has the ability to heal any sort of thing that you are struggling with, dealing with. But you also have to understand, if you understand that your son will be affected by your sin, it's, it's a lot easier to, to maybe deal with it, you know, than it would be if there was nobody involved, right? Now, some people are able to kind of deal with that now, but I think when you think about it as it, it could affect, you know, the, your own blood, you know, the, the person who you made, you might think about it a little different. So um, I'm going to title this episode, we're going to establish the, the, the framework of our spiritual health and why non- Related external symptoms are related to each other. Okay, so what, what do I mean by non-related external symptoms? There's all these external symptoms we have, right? Um, and I'm going to go into that in depth here in a sec using a man named Thomas Aquinas, and I'll talk about him. So he's the first person I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about his point of view and uh, symptoms that are seemingly unrelated, but they are actually related, and I'll, I'll, I'll tie that all together. Then there's another point of view I want to go into uh it's a man named jordan peterson he talks about our primitive ancestors like we 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 look back at the things we did prior to our you know modern age and we think that they're kind of primitive or or you know like not thought out not very good and so he has an argument that i thought was very interesting and i'm going to bring that in and then i have a friend of mine who posted a 
uh, a, um, a Facebook post and I just thought it was really sound and, and it was just awesome. And he talked about how when a man of faith falls and we all fall, you know, and we decide that we're going to go away from the faith, like where we really fall in the manner of really falling Jesus. So I'm going to tie it in there. Um, but let's start off with the Thomas Aquinas point of view. So talking about um, who he is, he was uh, 13th century or 1200s from Italy. Okay, he, he designed, he, he's the basically the founder of modern Christianity. He designed the framework. Okay, so this is what modern Christians use as their framework to, for, for um, um, their doctrines. Okay, this is where all, all of our modern Christian doctrines came from, from this man. Okay, so he... He uh, basically is connecting Eastern and Western philosophy together, which is modern Christianity, whether you believe it or not, does connect Eastern and Western philosophy. And just to go into a little bit more depth, and this will make more sense, and you can attribute this to your personal walk with Christ, because in church they teach you either, they teach you both Western and Eastern philosophy. You may not know that, but they do. So Eastern philosophy is very internal like internal thinking internal then meditation which is where you get your prayer from you know we spend time in prayer we spend a quiet time we talk to god that is eastern philosophy okay you think of like taoism and, and hinduism and all the things in the east that's what they do a lot okay then you have western philosophy which came about from aristotle and plato which everything is very philosophical and everything is very like reading books and gaining knowledge and all of that. So that is like, you know, reading your Bible, going to Bible studies, uh, watching people online. Those are all Western philosophical type philosophies. And this guy is basically just connecting the two and making it into a uh, sound way to establish like spiritual, you know, you know, Christian doctrine from this point. So that's, he's the founder of this. He's the reason why all this came together. Okay. Now, um, what happens is, is, is he uses science. Okay. He starts, he starts talking about science and now I don't want you to like, just get turned off because I'm, I'm about to talk about science. He uses science to explain God's work, which is essentially the same thing as what we, we, as a Christian, you should view science as, as us, as, the, as, as humankind explaining what God has done. Okay. And it's very, very interesting because he uses not only um, um, <clears throat> natural physical science, right? Natural, physical, mathematical. Um, yeah, natural or physical or mathematical science. So he uses all the different sciences to explain God, right? Uh, mathematical is probably the easiest one for us to understand as, as anybody because it's like, you know, you have a problem and you have one solution makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, but when there are many components to a problem, you still need multiple components to get to the solution. Right. Like, um, you know, with, uh, with force mass times acceleration, you have mass and acceleration to get force. Right. Um, that's very simple for us to understand, but he's trying to say that, because you need multiple components, there could be multiple reasons why you get to one solution. Okay. And, and I, I hope that that kind of clears up his thinking. Okay. And that brings me to my first point of non-related spiritual 
or, or non-related external symptoms that lead to one, you know, uh, spiritual problem, basically, right? So when I when I think of external symptoms, okay, I think of things like you know watching porn, uh, uh, gambling, you know, uh, whatever whatever your uh, alcoholism, whatever whatever your thing is. But I'm going to use three specific ones because these are three that we don't think about all the time. Okay, these are three that are hard to think about. So I'm going to talk first about enhancements. Then I'm going to talk about uh, view of authority, and then I'm going to talk about opposite sex relationships. Okay. So enhancements. One thing that our society does not talk about is enhancements. And what is an enhancement? Something that will uh, enhance your ability to do something else, right? Um, you know, caffeine is probably a good example of this, but uh, it's hard to say because, you know, in Germany, they drink beer, you know, whatever, you know, whatever. The, those types of things are kind of like borderline, but I don't really, I, I don't really look too much into them. I also really like coffee. So that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is steroids. Okay. That's essentially what I'm talking about. Now from a American ethical standpoint, now this is very human humanism. There, I don't see an ethical issue personally, but from a spiritual, I can see that there is something that I'm compensating for. There's something that I'm trying to cover up. I don't like my body. I'm going to take steroids. I don't like the way my body is getting older. I'm going to go and get uh, testosterone therapy so I can look like I'm 25 when I'm 50, you know? And those are things that we don't actually recognize as problems. We actually see them as like, oh, I can't get it up in, in bed. And so I'm going to go get this, except I'm really like, I really just want to look jacked when I'm 50. Right. And that is a, you know, an issue that we, you know, we don't see as a problem, but it is, it is a problem. Okay. And, um, the, the thing about our society is people are just, they're looking for something like if something's not working, they're not looking at like, well, maybe God wants me to, you know, slow it down in that area. Maybe God doesn't want me to be, you know, uh, going that route. Maybe God wants me to grow old and start getting wiser and start spending time with younger people so that, you know, cause what I've seen is I've seen men who take, uh, have, you know, to start, they take a testosterone therapy. They look like they're, they're 55 and they look like they're 30. That is not because they just work harder than everybody and eat uh, avocado ice cream. It's because they're taking testosterone. And you're like, how do you know? Um, because uh, I used to be as naive as anybody when it came to this. Okay. I didn't think people use steroids. Like my, some of my really close friends were just way more jacked than me. And I was just like, well, they work harder than me, you know? And one day I found out that that isn't true. They actually just take steroids. And I mean, like, again, from an ethical standpoint, I don't really care from a spiritual standpoint. I know there's something wrong, right? So as a Christian, we need to get that straight. Ethically, I don't care. It, and you shouldn't either spiritually there's something wrong now if that person's not a christian you shouldn't judge them because they have no choice you do okay next um that's enhancements view of authority people don't think of this as a you know and we i i'm going to use the president right now because i know this is a really heated topic um but people are like he's not my president whether it was the last guy or this guy okay and that is a problem 
you know, um, whether you realize it or not, it is a spiritual problem that you have because God places all authority. He, all authority is placed by him and he puts them there and you need to pray for them and you need to respect them whether you like it or not. And whether they have uh, uh, social beliefs or issues that you don't agree with, that's not the point. The point is, is that they're in that place for a reason. And we need to, we need to accept that even as, even as Christians who, who might not agree with some, some of the things that are, that the current president believes in or doesn't. Our nation uh, is, it needs more, and it's nothing that you personally individually have done. It's something that somebody else did. And that's why we have traffic laws. Like we don't, we don't realize this. We have traffic laws because somebody one day, because we didn't have traffic laws back in the 1930s when cars were first invented. Somebody went way over the speed limit and got in a crash and killed 12 people. And now we have a speed limit of 35 on a residential street. And that is not your fault. That is somebody else's fault. So when you think of government doing things that they're doing, it's not because of you. It's because somebody else did something real stupid, you know? And then you think of the other stuff, and I'm not going to – I don't want to go into a ton of detail on that. But respecting authority is a serious – like God God really needs us to come align under authority. And you're like, well, what if they run us off a bridge? Well, then we die and we get to go spend our lives with Jesus. Okay, so just just you need to straighten that out in your own life because the authority, whoever it is, your boss, whoever needs to be respected and prayed for because God put him there. Um, it was actually Romans 13, 1, and I'm going to read till verse uh, 6. So it says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. So you're not hurting yourself. You're not hurting anybody else. You're hurting yourself. For rulers are not uh, a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Now, you can go and search, use a Western philosophy, and go and search other people who's, who talk about this and learn more for yourself, okay? Because, you know, you can get into this discussion about, well, the people in Germany during World War II with Hitler, like, what about that situation, James? And I'm like... Well, I don't actually have the answer for you for that one, but I can tell you right now, both of our last presidents were nothing like Hitler. So let's calm calm down, okay? And um, the other, yeah, yeah. So if you want to go figure that out, you should actually, you know what you should do? You should just memorize verses one through six, read it about 300 times, and God will tell you exactly what you need to know, okay? And that's, that's what you should do, honestly. You don't even need to go research it. Anyway, the, the last one is, what is your view of opposite-sex relationships, okay? Um, how do you treat women? How do you look at them that are not, you know, your wife or your sister? Like, 
What do you think of them? Because God wants us to look at them as if they are our sister or our mother. Okay. And do we keep, do we respect their boundaries physically? Do we respect them emotionally, uh, uh, mentally? You know, are we, are we, are we cognizant that there needs to be like a boundary there and the ability to, you know, uh, treat these people with respect. Don't be texting people on your, uh, uh, privately, don't be texting other women privately if you're married, right? And if you aren't married, is your intention to be their friend? You need to make that clear to them. Is your intention to be uh, to date them? You need to make that clear to them. Okay, so so, so I, I need you got to get those things straight. Okay, you got to get those things straight in your head. These are all unrelated. Yeah, you look at enhancements. You look at your view of authority, and you look at opposite sex relationships. It's all unrelated. I'm telling you right now. They're all the same. And you might not see them as the same. They all mean you have there's a problem and you need to fix it. Right. Now, a uh, couple scriptures. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Galatians 5 9. What does that mean? If you put a little bit of bad into the into if you put a little leaven into the dough, just a little bit, it's going to mess up the whole dough. Same thing, if you have a little bit of enhancements, if you have a little bit of authority problem, if you have a little bit of um, uh, problem with your view of opposite sex relationships, it will leaven the problem, you know, it will make the problem worse. And again, I'm going to bring it back to the point of this podcast. If you had a son, these are things he needs to under, if you understand them, you will teach it to him. Okay, next. Uh uh, moving on. So, so James chapter two also says, um, he who keeps the whole law and stumbles in one point, he's guilty of the whole law. Okay. That's verse 10. Okay. Um, just keep that in mind. So modern America leads us to believe that doing something separate from our job or whatever it is connected is not, is not connected. Excuse me. Whatever it is, you don't think things are connected. They are, they are connected. And this brings me to my next point with Jordan Peterson. He's a he looks at the past as better than the present. Now, I say that and a lot of you guys are like, well, maybe it was, you know, like I do think it's better in the past than it is now. I'm going to caution you on that. And the Bible also cautions you on that. Okay. And I am going to go over that scripture in a sec. But the point of me coming to him, okay, is that he brings up the fact that the way our ancestors thought, okay, Though it may seem primitive, they saw everything as connected. They saw God as responsible for everything in their life. So they didn't question a lot of things. They didn't have the inclination to, you know, grow, to learn something new because they didn't want to, you know. And we look at that as kind of like primitive or basic or um dumb, whatever, however you want to look at it. But before we had all this philosophy and, and, uh, all these things put together where you, oh, oh, we know how to read so we can read about things and we can grow. And that's where I caution people who think that the past was better than now. Okay. Is that we do currently right now, we should be in the mindset that we are going to get better from this point, right? Not our world's going to crap. Everything sucks, right? Because that's not where God wants us. He doesn't want us in that place. 
He really doesn't. Okay. And that's the only reason why I think his foundational foundation is off, but his conclusions are correct with Christians. Okay. Same aligns, same with Christians. Okay. And, um, the reason why I, um, think that he brings up the fact that, uh, our, our ancestors, you know, believed everything was connected. They had a better imagination than we do. Like, think about it. Think about what you do. There is no imagination to your day. You go to work, you do, you know, you have to go to work because you have to pay for this because we live in an overpriced society. And if you don't work, you can't survive. And it, it, your life is basically mapped out. Like everything has a, a, uh, a template. Like there is no like creativity to the things that we do. Everybody's already figured it out. So now everything's already lined out for you and you just do it. You just walk through the steps, right? So his argument is that the way it was functioning before was better because the, um, the imagination was able to work. You didn't have to question everything. And nowadays that's, it's the opposite of that. However, I do think it's better. And I'm going to use Ecclesiastes to help me. It says, he says, God, at, you know, why God tells us in Ecclesiastes, he says, why were the former days better than these? Solomon speaking here. And then Solomon also responds to his own question. He says, you are not wise concerning this. So I'll read it again. It says, why were, why were the former days better than these? Referring to the past, right? And then he, he answers his own question by saying, you are not wise concerning this. So you're not wise thinking that the past was better than now. And that's, that's the point of the whole thing is, is you shouldn't think that it's better. However, we shouldn't ignore the fact that they were a lot more creative in their thinking and they understood that things were connected. Okay. Um, he, yeah, he believes our world is deteriorating and the things before were better, but he also agrees that our society, like the one in America is a Judeo Christian, uh, more morally Morally, it's a Judeo-Christian society, and you're, you might be like, "Oh, what are you saying, James?" Like from external external view, morally, it is Judeo and Christian. Things that happen behind the scenes, obviously, is not too moral, right? But from an external perspective, it is okay. Now, yeah, whether you're atheist or not, how do we know? I'm glad you asked. Okay. Our society does not say, you know, in public, watch pornography, okay? We don't do that in public. You can all agree with that, okay? And masturbate in public. And you might say, well, I've, you know, like, yeah, that happens all the time. And it's like, okay, well, do you, do, do us as a society promote that behavior or do we shun it and basically judge the person for doing it? Just, just you answer the question, okay? That is a moral, Judeo-Christian moral society. Somebody does not go out in public and do something really stupid without being judged and laughed at, uh, yelled at, put in prison, whatever. There's laws actually against uh, public defecation, okay? There's laws against it. That's And they aren't because somebody came up with that law. It's in the Bible. So our, our, our society, our laws are based on Judeo-Christian rules, okay? So... Just to explain him for a second, I need to explain him. He is a uh, modern uh, clinic. He's a clinical psychologist, and he he uh, from a 
from a Christian perspective, people ignore him because he's not under the Christian domain. People don't acknowledge him, right? Because he's not like he doesn't claim to be Christian, except everything that he says aligns with Christian ideals. Everything. All of his conclusions are correct. They're, none of them are are offline of the Bible. And he purposely does that. He does. He bases all of his discussions and arguments on biblical uh, principles. And Christians just don't listen to him because he doesn't claim to be a Christian. So they just don't listen to him. You need to be, you know, uh, I, I heard a quote one time. It's like, um, anybody you encounter knows something that you don't know. If you, if you go into a, any encounter with somebody, do you, do you look at them as like, I want to stay away from them because of this, this, and this reason? Or it's like, maybe they know something that I don't know. And if you look at it that way, you're a little more open-minded, okay? So one question comes from this. Do you believe God speaks to you through the Bible? You must answer this for yourself, but you have to understand that God is connected through everyone around you, okay? So religious people, you know, if you would honestly sit down and, and, and ask yourself, I mean, some you may answer, however you answer, it doesn't matter, okay? But religious people, and I use quotations, religious people, believe God speaks to only those avidly following God, right? So how could you listen to somebody who's not following God? Well, like think about other stories in the Bible, how, you know, the prostitute was used to help uh, the messengers from um, Israel out. You know, she she got him out. And do you think she was following God? You know, to, to, that is such a really like closed-minded mindset that, that, God only speaks to people through people that are following him. Now, it's obviously more intentional. I'll agree with that. It's more intentional that people following him are going to be, you know, intentionally led by God. Doesn't mean he's not speaking through everybody. Okay. And that's where our ancestors, were they actually irrational and primitive as we as we see them? Or are we so logically based that we cannot see the connections, right? Um, God will speak through anyone or anything, but he is the provider, the one that is responsible. Not anyone person, not any one person is responsible for this. Just God, right? Apollos watered, I, I, uh, pl- uh, God, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase, right? That's what Paul says. Okay. So moving on um, to, to, to kind of emphasize this guy's point of view, Ravi Zacharias. However you feel about him, he, a lot of stuff came out about him. Doesn't mean everything he said was just null and void, right? Because God gives the increase, okay? He's the one who acknowledged that Peterson is has great conclusions. His foundation was off, and I explained why his foundation might be a little off, but I don't think it's as off as, as you might think. He, it actually, he actually talks about his upbringing as Christian, you know? Um, but that moves me into my last point about my buddy Mike Stone. On September 27th, 2021, which is real recent, he I, I'm going to paraphrase what he said. But he said, when we put our trust in a Christian figure, someone who is seen by society as good, and they fall to temptation, and we fall away from the faith, was our trust in God or someone, right? Now, a lot of people who are Christians will like, amen me, right? That's great. Because how do, you know, how do we know if someone's godly? That's a question, right? We really don't, but God does. That's why it is important to follow God and acknowledge that the only way to him is through Jesus. Right. He gave us his life to live it through us. Right? We cannot live a completely upright life apart from Christ. 
We can externally, as society has shown us. Society has shown us that living, it's it's all that matters is being internally right. Externally, you could look like anything, but internally, that's what matters. And he will not only forgive us our sins, but give us a new life. So um, amen to that. Amen to that. He, 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 he does give us a new life on top of forgiving us of the things that we did wrong and that we see others do wrong, right? He, he can forgive them too. You know, we have to acknowledge the fact that he, he can forgive them just as he forgave us. Okay. Um, so tying it all up, right? Tying the whole thing up. The ex, uh, do we see external symptoms as unrelated? Okay. And again, I went over the, the enhancements, the um, uh, view of authority and view of opposite sex relationships. Okay. And do we see our ancestors as primitive and irrational or are we just too logical and rational and we're just like basically walking steps out that people already made before us? Which when you really think about, that is God who created it. Right. God created these these uh, templates and these things for us to follow, you know. So do I think our society is worse off than before? No, I don't. That, you know, we're just flourishing. And if you want to get out of whatever mess you're in, you can. And there's opportunity for you to do that. There's money there for you to do that. And that's provided by God. OK. Um. And then the last one is, 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 are you following somebody or are you following God? You know, and, and the way you know is if somebody falls, do you fall away or do you, or do you discount God? You know, um, but the point is, is that, you know, God speaks to us through the Bible. And if we see everyone is connected, everything is connected. Every part of your life is connected. I think, I think that right, that, that thinking is still valid and it's still able to be used despite all of our philosophies and the things that have been like embedded into us over time. Right. So I just wanted to close with one quote by Matthew Henry. It says, God requires no more from us than right use of the faculties that he has given to us. And this is commentary talking about John the Baptist and um, John the Baptist was a, was the culmination of all the prophets before Jesus. Jesus referred to him as Elijah, the prophet. He was the culmination of all the prophets that pointed to Jesus. So basically John was the final prophet before the final prophet. He was the last prophet before the final prophet, which was Jesus, right? And, you know, I don't want to get into a, a theological debate on, on prophets and stuff. So let's I, I just take it for what I, for how I said it, not necessarily that I you know, I don't think there's prophets today, but Jesus was the final prophet. And, you know, anyone nowadays can't be a prophet except through Jesus. Right. So there you go. Um, this is your brother, James, and this is the podcast. Easy sex is not clean and clean sex is not easy.